Orleans. There are days when a majority of the children we have in the hospital with COVID are actually under two years of age. So these are very young children that are not yet eligible for vaccination. The U.S. Defense Secretary and the Secretary of State are in Doha, Qatar for talks on Afghanistan and meetings with U.S. troops. Correspondent Cammy McCormick is at the Pentagon. Group, defense Secretary Lloyd Austin thanked troops in Qatar for helping in the evacuation from Afghanistan. I am proud of you. I'm grateful for what you've done. Your country is proud of you. The President of the United States is proud of you. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken said the U.S. has been in contact with as many as 100 Americans still in Afghanistan. Some are in the northern city of Mazar-e-Sharif, but he said the Taliban has offered assurances. We've been assured again that all American citizens and Afghan citizens with valid travel documents will be allowed to leave. A CBS News investigation has uncovered a domestic violence crisis within the military. Our Nora O'Donnell with the details. The numbers are staggering. Roughly 100,000 incidents of domestic abuse have been reported to the military since 2015. The Pentagon hasn't kept track of how many of those reports involve violence, so it's actually impossible to know the full scope of this problem. After it was held up by lawsuits for a year, Virginia's largest symbol of the Confederate South will come down tomorrow. The 21-foot-tall statue of General Robert E. Lee was erected in Richmond 130 years ago. Note of caution for people who like pot from CBS's Skylar Henry. A new study finds adults younger than 45 who reported recently using cannabis were twice as likely to have a heart attack than non-users. Researchers in Toronto say the association was consistent among users whether they smoked cannabis vaped it or consumed edibles. This is CBS News. Fever is the key symptom for both the flu and COVID. The Exergen Temporal Scanner is essential to detect fevers early and reliably. Learn more at exergen.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. O'Reilly Auto Parts is here to keep your car on the road with the right parts, advice from our parts professionals, and our free loaner tool program. Your local store has more than 80 specialty tools available for your next repair. Refundable deposit required. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and ask about our free loaner tool program or visit O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Let's just take that out of your mouth. At Ping's Pre-K, the growing enrollment is no play date. She needs more teachers certified in early childhood development. Is it nap time yet? Lunch? Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. With Indeed Instant Match, we immediately show you quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed meet your sponsored job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Living amid lots of greenery can do wonders for your heart. New research reveals people who live in green tree-lined neighborhoods are less likely to suffer a heart attack or stroke. Experts say trees help soothe people, especially those 65 and older. The study presented to the European Society of Cardiology Congress says greener neighborhoods reduce the risk of heart disease by 16% over time, since people living in these areas are more likely to exercise outdoors and feel less stress surrounded by nature. The vegetation also provides provides protection from pollution. Monica Ricks, CBS News. Family, friends, and fans are mourning the loss of actor Michael K. Williams, who played a stick-up man on The Wire and a gangster in Boardwalk Empire. His nephew says he was none of those in real life. My uncle was such a sweet person. A lot of the characters he played as mean and gangster, it was a joke. It was like because he was totally not that way.
He was 54 years old. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. Are you a true crime super fan? Join award-winning 48 Hours correspondent Aaron Moriarty on the My Life of Crime podcast. Name the 2021 Digiday Best Podcast. Each episode pulls you straight into the investigations, including a New York City after party gone horribly wrong, a cold-blooded teen killer looking for a retrial, and more. Season 3 coming this fall. Follow My Life of Crime on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Vaccines are not enough, and accurate thermometers are essential for everyone. COVID is once again a major concern, and fever is the key symptom for both the flu and COVID. An accurate thermometer, like the Exergen Temporal Scanner, is essential to detect fevers early and reliably. Studies have shown that non-contact thermometers are ineffective and therefore dangerous as they create a false sense of security. Exergen is working with a single focus to ensure that everyone who needs an accurate thermometer can purchase one. Learn more at exergen.com. These days, we're all doing a lot more virtually, which is why at Ohio Health, we've expanded our virtual care options and availability to make it even easier to get safe expert care at home. That includes virtual visits with over a thousand trusted providers in every medical specialty. Learn more about our virtual health options at ohiohealth.com slash virtual health. Hi, I'm Kim. And this is Ruth. Please join us every Wednesday morning on 970 WATH to make it happen. It's the Kim and Ruth Show. Well, it's really not, it's the, not Kim the Kim and Ruth Show. show. It's really... <laughs> I don't know. Tune in to Make It Happen with Kim and Ruth every Wednesday morning at 10.06. And we'll spend time talking about health and wellness topics. And all aspects of healthy living. But we know that you're the real expert in your health, so let us help you make it happen. Wednesday morning on 970 WATH to make it happen. I'm Brandy. You may know me as a branch manager, but I'm also a volunteer and a band mom. At Park National Bank, we're more than our job titles, and you're more than an account number. You get personal attention and direct access to a caring, compassionate banker who respects and responds to your needs and goals. Find Brandy or a banker near you at parknationalbank.com. Park National Bank, where you mean more. Member FDIC, parknationalbank.com. It's the Home and Auto Bundle Extrava Festa Save-A-Thon. The annual year-long event where you could save big by bundling Home and Auto with Progressive. So big that we're kicking things off with fireworks. A monster truck battle. A fighter jet flyover. And it wouldn't be a party without the Home and Auto Bundle Extrava Festa Save-A-Thon dancers. You can't really hear them, but trust us, they are working it. So come for the fun and stay for the savings. Only at Progressive's Home and Auto Bundle Extrava Festa Save-A-Thon. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. We're planning a trip to Spain later this year. But our Spanish is... It's pretty bad. So we're using Babbel. Babbel's conversation-based method teaches you real-life words and phrases. And with Babbel's interactive bite-sized lessons, you'll remember what you learned. There's no easier way to learn another language. Ahora hablamos español. He just said, now we speak Spanish. Babbel, language for life. Now try Babbel for free. Just go to Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. What in the world is going on now? Find out every weekday at 8 a.m. and 7 p.m. on the World News Roundup from CBS News Radio and on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-M.
it's always so weird when you have a holiday. And then you come back to the office and, well, there it is all over again, isn't it? <laughs> hey, we're limping along a little bit. 97.1 is on the air, as you can tell. But our big 970, it's a little bit ill. Engineers are working on it, we hope. One although was one is in Mississippi, which makes it a little more difficult. Got a special edition today, someone that's well known to all of us, Officer Rick Crossan. And uh, joining us live here. Good morning. Oh, good morning, sir. Well, Thanks for having me here. Well, it's a pleasure. And, um, you know, it, was, uh, it, it seems like we've known each other a long time, and we have. But um, there's some, some things I don't know about you. Where were you raised? Well, right here in Athens, actually. I, w- I grew up in Albany. Uh, I was an Alexander Spartan graduate. You know, went to... Well, Albany Elementary School up there on the hill for mm-hmm. you know, kindergarten through eighth grade, and then where the cafe where is, where the cafe now. is now. Yeah, it's kind of neat going in there, and that's where my <laughs> many many meals were eaten there during the school year. And sure, then uh, went to Alexander and graduated from Alexander. And, uh, now, did you participate in uh, certain extracurricular activities? I, you know, about the only thing I did out there was really I did band for uh, all my years out there, and I did golf. Okay, now what instrument? Uh, trombone. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, I, I fixed you still it many mess years. around with that a little bit. <laughs> no. No. Okay. No. Uh, and, and the other one was golf. You said. Yes. Yeah. Enjoyed my uh, enjoyed my years out there golfing, and uh, hitting that ball around. And uh, I helped with some other sports, but didn't really play them. So. I'm just curious your parents' backgrounds. Well, let's see here. Well, my dad, he uh, let's see, he actually was around the Hibbertsville area um, and then he uh, he worked at the telephone office for many years and then retired from the telephone office and my mom she uh, she had raised May- Meigs County mostly and then into the Albany area and mm-hmm. and all and then uh, they uh, she she's worked many different jobs Elder Beerman's was her most recent job she worked at down there in the shoe department kind of oversaw that for many years and kind of retired from there but did a lot of other little jobs off and on over the years and stuff as well and do you have brothers and sisters? Yeah, I got an older brother who uh, works for county EMS system, has for uh, many years, mm-hmm. many years. And uh, as he's got uh, a son that also works as a paramedic for them, and as well as med flight, and a daughter who um, does some homeschooling with her, her kids and stuff. And then uh, I got a sister who lives up around Grove City with her husband, and uh, she kind of works for the state. Uh, in uh, the cosmetology area or something like that. So, Well, Rick, um, you know, you're known as Officer Rick. Yes. And um, particularly to the young folks, uh, and that that's uh, an area we'll get into in a little while, but this, um, this thing of law enforcement or police uh, or whatever you want, whatever easy <laughs> term we want to use, well, uh, was this something that... Um, you know, at some point in your life, you just said, "Yeah, I think I'd really enjoy that." You know, that's that's funny because, um, yeah, ever since I think probably, goodness, probably third grade or so, I could remember, you know, uh, wanting to be in law enforcement for some reason, and you know, watching shows like you know Adam Twelve, and then 
chips and different ones, you know, growing up as a kid and mm-hmm. watching the, uh, you know, what the excitement of the drama of the TV made it. It uh, always seemed kind of interesting to me. And so I kind of uh, put that into my mind, not knowing that I'd ever be able to do it, but it was always a dream at the time. Well, um, so when, I mean, at what point did you actually say, you know, I think I'll uh, <laughs> get involved in this and, and uh, pursue it as a career? Probably after out of high school. Um, when I graduated, I took a year off. Uh, I didn't uh, didn't go to college or anything. I just took a year off and just kind of worked on the side and this and that and finally decided, you know what, let me go, let me go to Hawking College. Uh, you know, they had that uh, police science program up there at Hawking College, and I decided to look into it. Applied for the college. Obviously, I got in, and um, two years later, I was certified as a law enforcement officer, and uh, my career began pretty quick after that. And and it started with Athens, right? Yeah, well, actually, it did. Um, I graduated from college in '85, and I got on as a reserve officer. They called them auxiliaries back then with the city of Athens. Uh, I worked there part-time for about six months and they were unable to hire me full-time even though I had a spot because of financial issues at the time. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the university security police at the time, um, they offered me a job then. I applied for them and so I went to work for them in January of 86. And then uh, the city then asked me to come back, work for them full-time and I went back there March 1st of 1987 and began my full-time career with them. Now, um, you know, when you think of law enforcement, mercy, there's so many TV programs that are very dramatic and, and, um, and really show an evil mm-hmm. uh, side of things, uh, not, not from your point of view, but from the point of view of, the people engaged in the acts. Did any of that bother you going in, or was that? You know what I'm trying yeah, to say. Yeah, no, I, I think I know what you're trying to say. Um, I, you know, I don't. I'm not real sure. I know that uh, you know the dramatization is a huge thing. They, you know, they want to make it into something more than what it was. And you know, like I know, like Adam Twelve. You know, that's an old show. It's still on reruns right now. They'd show like almost every episode, you know, the guys were, you know, were firing their guns and stuff, you know, and, and as a kid, you're thinking, wow, you know, is that true law enforcement? Well, and that's not, you know, I mean, 97% of the officers go through their entire career and never pull their gun, never use their weapon. And, uh, you know, so, you know, so that was, uh, that was something that was kind of interesting for me. And I don't watch a lot of the true cop shows much anymore like any i update. wouldn't think so uh, yeah it's just you know <laughs> well and you know they used to have that live uh what live pd that cops and live pd and uh, i i tried to watch live pd a couple times and it was so um some of the parts was unrealistic i mm-hmm. i felt uh it just so it was like dramatized you know the oh, yeah. the the officers were i don't know if they were instructed to act a certain way or and i'm thinking if we would have treated people like that out here on the street that that's not how you treat people you know and so it kind of aggravated me a little bit because to me it gave law enforcement officers kind of a bad view in some aspects of things well so just how long were you in law enforcement wow um so 
over 28 and a half years full-time with the city. Uh, so about uh, almost 30 years probably around something like that with, you know. Is that pretty typical, would you say? Um, or is it less it, or more? It varies. I mean, the in law enforcement, the retirement, you can go after 25 years. And uh, you have to be at, well, at the time, you had to be at least 48, go at least 25 years. And I think they've upped that to 52 now, I think, is what your age is mm-hmm. that you have to be. I'm not, I'm not really sure, but I think it's still at least 25 years. So, um, yeah, you know, it depends. I mean, I've seen officers over the years that I've been with the city who's retired right after 25 years. I've seen some go 30 years, uh, you know, or more. Uh, it just depends on what they want, I guess. Well, um, you know, think back to when you started <laughs> and um, things along the way. I mean, now we hear of... Um, body cams and things like that there's technology has come along some but um you know just how has it changed from uh, when you first began and frankly we're not talking about all that long ago but still the changes that have occurred just in your time yeah you know that's the things have changed so much um you know obviously when i started you know, there was no technology. You know, you didn't have... I mean, our portables even weren't that good. Uh, we had these... Port- By portables, you mean the radios? Yes, the, our, okay. our, like our walkie-talkies, as yeah, people yeah. would call. Um, they were... You know, you couldn't even hardly talk to anybody. You know, you could maybe talk to the officer next door to you, but you try and get back into dispatch, depending on where you was at in the city, you couldn't get back to dispatch, and uh, they couldn't hear you. And, and so that's a whole lot better. I mean, everything... You know, it's, it's clear now. Uh, that's worked out. You have computers in the cars now. Yeah. Uh, you can, I mean, you do, you know, all your reports are computerized. You know, I remember handwriting my reports so many times. And then if I make a mistake and the lieutenant would look at it and say, ah, you made an error here, then you have to write the whole entire right. report over again. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's changed. Um, I think a lot of it, too, is uh, because of technology also, uh, the outlook has changed too. I mean, um, officers are really put under a microscope a lot more nowadays because of um, videos. And, you know, video footage is what it is. You have to see the entire video sometimes to know exactly what's taking place because you can take something out of a snippet and really make it look into something worse than what it maybe actually is. And so there's a lot there. Body cams is something, like you said, that's coming around now. And I'm not opposed to body cams by no means. Um, my career ended before the body cams were mandated uh, for us, but um, you know it's it is something that can protect the officers um, in in a sense. Uh, it also can uh, you know show something wrong if they did something wrong, which uh, mm. I think if you have a bad officer, they need to be you know held accountable for. Well, um, I I think the next thing I should bring up is. Uh, there's a program called DARE, D-A-R-E. Yes. That's an acronym for what? Drug Abuse Resistance Education. Drug Abuse Resistance Education. Education. Okay. Now, you know, I, I always associate DARE as being something to do with school children. Right. But really... Once you hear what that stands for, that's a much broader group, isn't it? 
Well, it could. Um, the program itself is directed towards obviously kids, you know, and and all. But um, it the hope is some information that they're learned or that they're taught, whatever, will progress into you know years down the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the the curriculum itself is basically uh, for for the kids. But it it's a little bit um, nowadays. When you think of drug abuse resistance education, it kind of leads to a little bit of a um, misthought in, in what the program's all about anymore, too, because the original program was more drugs, and nowadays it's not as much. So there's a difference in the curriculum over the years that has changed, but the title's been the same. Well, Officer Rick, <laughs> Officer Rick, you know, I, and it, it, you've got to enjoy that. Um, you know, you weren't just some uniformed dude. You were a friend to many mm-hmm. young people and many um, not so young. Um, it made you more personal. And, you know, I think some officers, some policemen, never get that opportunity, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I, and, and that's the thing. I've really enjoyed um, that part of the career. And, you know, when I... When I first was put into the program, um, Chief Mayor at the time uh, basically said, you know, it would be at least two years and a, ma- and a maximum of three years is what he really wanted me in the program. And <laughs> that was, you know, many, many years ago. And I, yeah. you know. <laughs> so the total was what? Well, let's see. I think I'm in my, this would be the 20. 20- eighth year i think wow i think it's my 28th year that i'll be in the program um, now like now we should probably explain to our audience that while you're not a full-time officer anymore uh, you're still doing uh, much of the dare right yes and that's all i do i'm i'm still certified as a police officer i'm still considered a reserve officer with the city of athens um you know i still have you know the same credentials that I had as a full-timer, although I don't work full-time. So some of the bigger events like, um, oh, Halloween, you might don your uniform, right? If I wanted to, yeah, I could. I could still work those. I could still work, you know, the festivals, you know, university festivals, things like that. If I wanted to, I could still do it. And I could still, um, if I wanted to, put the uniform on and go in and ride with the guys um, on on a shift to help them out if I I wanted to also. But... um, I haven't quite done that here lately. That's, that's <laughs> all right. So, um, okay. So, Dare, what did we say, 28 years at this point? Yeah, around 28, I think it is. That's amazing. And, um, you know, there's Dare officers in other um, police districts, mm-hmm. right? Yes. You guys ever get together? Yeah, you know, I don't as much as I used to with them. Um, when I first started in Dare years ago, that we had this huge state conference every year mm-hmm. and dare officers from clear around the state um, would get together and my uh dare class was like dare class number 23 in the state of ohio and and uh i forget what they're up to now they're way up there and uh you know we had like the largest turnout from you know dare officers getting together and so yeah we would get together uh with various national conventions and things um over the years the state dare conference has actually merged with the school resource officers and now we have combined um uh, get together combined conference uh the conference isn't a week long anymore it's just a few days long 
and uh, a lot of your DARE officers are now certified school resource officers as well. And so where you might see where a program a school is doing with their DARE program, well, they're converting more to school resource so they have the officer in the schools all the time type thing. Well, okay, so it's not that you just go to and visit the school once in a while and meet with a class. It's really an assignment there, right? It is for the most part, yeah. So like, um, let's say Athens, is this uh, primarily at the elementary level or is it at the middle school or you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So my program mainly is with uh, elementary. I do. Uh, I okay, have, we got five buildings here, or maybe it's three. I don't. Well, know. it's 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 been narrowed down now because of the new buildings that were built. Yep. Um, you have, well, it's it's going to be kind of mixed up here soon. But you have the new Morrison Gordon building and the new East building, with uh, pre-K through third grade, and then next year fourth, fifth, and sixth will be at the Plain, called the Plains Intermediate School. Um, but for this school year, fourth and fifth is located at West Elementary School. And then sixth grade is in the basement of the middle school, or I should say first floor of middle school. And so uh, they're sharing that with the seventh and eighth grade uh, students up there this year. And then they'll all be transferred out to the Plains, uh, hopefully starting next year if things go well. Well, I... You know, it's been a while since we've been able to tell people about that, so thanks for helping us out there. Uh, it is a little confusing. It gets a little confusing, yeah, but it's exciting. And part of it's because yeah. of the, the new construction and everything. So, you know, so-and-so went here last year, but next year it's going to be somewhere <laughs> else. Right. And uh, yes. But it'll all get settled down soon. And uh, the new buildings really are quite remarkable. They are. I've not had a chance to look at them yet, but I've heard they're they're pretty nice and things. So, so uh, without uh, obviously we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but some difficult cases that have confronted you and, and in which you either felt you had some success or some failure. Wow, um, you know I tell you. And I, th and I look at the aspect of the, as the D.A.R.E. officer, I think some of the, the rewards is just having the opportunity to um, be that person that a, that a kid could feel s comfortable talking to. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and again, being in law enforcement, too, they, you know, they know that the police officer is a friend. And, and so it's been it's been fun over the years to even have kids who I've had in school many years ago uh, come back or contact me to, you know, to visit or they have a question or whatever, you know, I mean, I've got, uh, I've had kids of kids now, you know, so I've, I've taught second generation <laughs> kids, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and uh, I, I got to share you a funny story real quick with that. Um, a few, a couple of years ago, right before the pandemic hit, I was at the Plains and I've shared it with many people out there, but I was joking with the kids before the class began, and I said something about, you know, being like 38 years old or something, and uh, one of the little kids, I could see his head kind of spinning a little bit, and he finally raised his hand, and I called on him, and he said, um, my dad's 38, and you taught him in school, <laughs> so I, 
<laughs> I got burnt on my age there a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But uh, but you know it's 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 been fun to be a part of seeing young people grow up and and like I said you know I've had opportunities to sit and talk with kids you know, about different things in their life when they've had issues and stuff and you know I'm not saying that I was able to help cure everything but I think just that sounding board I think was comforting hopefully for them to be able to know that there's someone they could talk to and try to help them the um I, I, I don't know how what word to use but I'm sure there's been some really difficult times or maybe you know some sort of memory you have of a really weird or wild situation um and again i uh, we don't want to give away anybody's identity or anything like that but some of the more difficult situations you've had to deal with can you in uh in law enforcement in general or with dare or let's do each okay well i think with in like in dare uh, just seeing the kids who are struggling you know they you you can see them uh they have the family issues that are going on and you know the parents who are uh, drug abusers uh, or just in general uh, neglective seeing that and seeing these kids who are kids and seeing them struggle and wanting to do more and wanting to do uh, something to help them and not able to um, I think that was you know, those are some some rough things there um, okay so it, it, that hadn't quite occurred to me I just sort of assumed we were talking about the kids themselves using drugs but this is you know here they are a product of some parents who are abusing mm -hmm. okay now um did you i'm sure this happened probably often you had a heart-to-heart -heart with the parents saying get your act together right well you know what we it you know it never did a lot of conversations with the parents it, it was one of the things whereas what I did a lot of times is we we discuss it with the uh, with the kids and you know it's like you know you guys have the right to make your choices you know the the um, what your parents are doing is not um, you know it's not something that is right it's not something we can condone we can't control your parents and and so you know try to let the kids know that you know they can make a better choice for themselves they can make a better um, life for themselves too and the choices and the decisions they make, which is a, really what the D.A.R.E. program is about more nowadays is decision-making as opposed to saying no to drugs. It's about making but, decisions. But they don't have a decision about how they reside. Right, no, and that's exactly right, and they, they don't. They're in a situation where they just have to uh, be able to you know figure out a way to understand that what they see around them is not something that they want for themselves and it's hard because you know I may say this is wrong but when they go home to their parents who you know they feel love them and maybe they, you know whatever and they see their parents doing something opposite of what we've talked about then it's like they get this conflict and they don't know which is right and which is wrong and and it becomes very difficult because I can teach them all all about doing this but when they go home and they're around their you know their siblings and around their parents and you know, most of the time they're being taught wrong stuff, then 
it, it's really difficult to change. Of course. Um, one of the most difficult situations. I mean, I think back of different troubles I've dealt with just in business, for crying out loud. But, uh, you know, there are certain ones that you just don't ever forget. Mm. Um, share something again cautiously. Yeah. Um, you know, I get asked that question at times, you know, some of the, what are some difficult uh, situations, you know, that you're faced with and things. And and I think a lot of it, um, you know, domestic situations are always difficult um, to deal with. And again, you know, if there's kids involved, you know, when you arrive there, um, you know, death notifications are never something that's fun. Unfortunately, in, in all my years, I've only had to do that maybe, maybe a couple of times, maybe, uh, you know, but, you know, and then trying to, um, I think just trying to uh, figure out um, the right way in, in dealing with a situation because, you know, every situation is different, you know, and you go into a situation and you've got to try to um, figure out you know, exactly what's going on how do we how do we handle the situation that's going to appease both parties or everybody involved uh and it's not going to make everybody happy unfortunately and you know um but i remember i tell you one of the hardest things that hit me one time is early on in my career and i just remembered this here um i'd never had uh, a person that i had been involved in helping die on me and i remember when the University Mall was being built years ago. Um, I was on East State Street working, and a guy flagged me down and said there had been a real bad accident up the road. And I get up there, and it was a construction worker had been in the back of the construction vehicle, and he fell out. Mm. And, you know, he, he landed on the pavement, hit his head on the pavement, and he did not look, obviously, very good. And the squad gets there, and, you know, we're doing CPR on him. I'm helping with the CPR. And um, they took him to the hospital where he, you know, unfortunately he passed away. And, and I remember that being my first situation as a law enforcement officer. It was difficult for me at the time because, you know, I thought, man, was there something more that I could have done to help this guy? You know, and there wasn't. But at the time, being a young officer, you know, I wanted to, you know, do everything I could to try to help him and things. And I think well, that, sure. was a, that was a difficult situation for me. Um, uh, and I'll then, you know, few years later uh, I helped perform CPR on a lady over at the fair and she survived and so you know it 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 works it works out I guess it's just you know there's it's difficult sometimes you know dealing with situations seeing something happen well as as a veteran I can say I I can appreciate that you know I have I won't say been there done that but I know what you're getting sure um okay so i assume that to be a dare officer there's been some extra or different classes than the average police officer may have uh, been required to take and and were these also then available at hawking college 
So the classes for the D.A.R.E., yeah, no, I had to actually go to um, the State Police Academy okay. in London, Ohio, is where I had mine done at. Uh, they, they'll do them different places, but that's mm-hmm. where I went. It was a two-week course. Um, they teach you basically how to, you know, control a class, how to, you know, do lesson plans, um, you know, and basically how to be a teacher. Uh, you know, I said, I tell people I'm not a teacher, I'm an instructor, and, and to me it's a difference in uh, things but you know so we had to go through and learn uh, how to time ourselves time management for a class so you know if the class is say an hour long or 45 minutes long whatever you had to you know work your lesson and get everything in in that time frame and um, I remember my final thing I had to do was teach a, one of the lessons in front of the other new dare officers and the mentors and I had to start on time and had to end on time and I couldn't end early, you know, and it was, it was nerve wracking uh, <laughs> for me at first. And, you know, I tell people, I said, when I first started teaching, uh, I couldn't talk a lot in front of people. It was very difficult. Now I, I talk and You're talk. You're very fluid yeah, now. Very yeah. fluid. Yeah. So, um, you know, so you had to, we had to go through some extra training, and we still have to go through uh, updated curriculum changes and stuff. Um, not for a while now, but uh, they do come up with new stuff to uh, keep things updated on a regular basis and things as well. So say a regular police officer is out doing a job, comes across a situation, and is, 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 is it likely that he calls you because of the ages involved? You know, it it does sometimes. Uh, I've had dare um, rather sorry regular officers have called me before and said, "Hey, you know, are you familiar with this student? Do you know you know Do you know this kid?" Okay. And um, there was one time. It's been a number of years ago too. We had a young man who actually he wasn't in my dare program, but I met him through some. Um, Oh, some sports, I think, and I was involved with anyhow, but, you know, but he knew me as Officer Rick, and uh, they called me in to talk with him in a situation that he was struggling with and, and all. So, um, so I do get called at times uh, to mm-hmm. deal with a situation or to check on something if I can't help them uh, because of my knowledge with the schools or with the students and the kids and stuff around. So Now, now can it also be a different school district? Um, it could be. I've never... Uh, I've never had that. Okay. Um, but, I mean, if, if Nelsonville needed some help, you'd jump in, right? Sure, yeah. If they had a question, I mean, um, I could, you know, be more than willing to offer some advice or whatever. Uh, now, for as my duties being technically a city officer, yeah. uh, I'd have to get clearance before I could do anything as far as that goes. Sure. But, uh, and, and like I teach in the Plains Elementary School at the time, but that's because it was part of the Athens City Schools. So even when though it's in the county, it let when me... we talk about the teaching part, what grades are we talking about? Well, so the main curriculum is sixth grade. Uh, well, fifth and sixth, fifth or sixth. Okay. Yeah, they usually say whichever uh, grade level is getting ready to go into the next you know, middle school or whatever. In this case, it's always been sixth grade. It's been the last before they go to middle school. So, right. so we've always taught it in sixth grade. And then, and that's like about, oh, 13, 14 lessons, something like that. So I go in like once a week for like that many days, 13 or 14 times to visit with the kids and teach them. And then I also have 
um, like four lessons that I teach to second grade and to fourth grade as kind of an intro stuff. And then I have a, a, a two lesson fifth grade supplemental lessons that I teach on prescription over counter medicines and stuff. Uh, those are the main curriculums. There's also high school curriculum, which I've never been certified on. There's also middle school, which um, in eighth grade, I was using an older curriculum for many years uh, for like five lessons in eighth grade. And then seventh grade, I was doing visits also with them using a different curriculum or a different program. But I was in there with them also. So it, it's a ver wide variety. Uh, it really does cross a lot of age groups. This uh, is not particularly pertinent to D.A.R.E. itself, but, you know, in the service, you have different ranks. So if you want to talk about Army, you know, you're a private. Private first class. Then, um, well, shucks, how can I forget so soon? <laughs> uh, then Spec 4 or E4, E5 sergeants, and so on and so forth. And then there's officer ranks, you know. And so in police, what 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 do we have in Athens? So it, with Athens, since we're a small department, um, the only ranks we have is we go from officer to lieutenants, and then we have, uh, we have one captain, you know, it's an administrative captain, and the chief. Uh, so that's for us. Now, a lot of departments will, ha will consider like senior officers, senior patrol officers mm -hmm. that gives them a rank. Uh, we don't have that. We'll call like a, the senior officer on the shift. Uh, like when I was working shift work, uh, I might be the senior officer. It means I've had the most seniority on the department. So I'd be senior officer that day on the shift. If the lieutenant was off, I was in charge of, the, uh, of that shift at now, that time. Okay. So a city such as Athens and uh, we won't get into whether that's enough or not. Uh, total officers, maybe. Oh, goodness. 20, uh, I want to say 22, 23 okay. now. Be 22, I think you're right. Something like that. So um, you got one chief, one captain, and then maybe four lieutenants? Uh, let's see here. There's, I think there's... Six lieutenants. Six. We have and an then, investigator. And then everybody and, else is uh, an officer. Yeah. Okay. Just curious. And at any given moment, uh, at least three on the street, right? That's that's the plan. Yeah. And I think that's pretty much. I'll with me being semi-retired for the most part, I don't get around the office as much. Sure. And I know that like a lot of the they've changed their shifts around. We used to work three shifts. You know, day shift, afternoons, midnights, and then there was a they call it relief shift. Uh, a lot of our officers were, are working like 12 hour 12 hour shifts right now mm. uh, so you know they get extra days off but you know it makes for a long day for them but uh, but I guess the patrol officers most of them like it most of the younger ones like it because they get that extra the extra day off uh, as opposed to only two days off a week so you know I could do it I don't know if I could <laughs> yeah I, I mean <laughs> every I, day I'm <laughs> nearly working uh, 18 hour days already in my so. head you know <laughs> that doesn't mean oh true i'm always thinking about work okay so <laughs> so uh, changes you know you you you've got 25 30 years in uh, you know what's 
What major change would you particularly point out has occurred during your time? And there may be more than one. Mm. Major changes. How has the job changed over the years? Yeah, you know, um, I one definite thing is accountability. Uh, officers' accountability, I think, is huge now because um, the public, I think the majority of the public still uh, looks upon the police, you know, law enforcement community in whole, as in, in good nature and everything. But there, but there's that scrutiny out yeah. there anymore, you know, and yeah. that's changed a lot. And so that's, and, and it's, it's bad because what I'm, what I'm fearful is, it's going to cause potentially officers to second guess themselves to a point that where they're going to get themselves hurt, you know, because they're afraid to make that split second decision. And and that's, uh, you know, I remember, you know, a couple of times in my own career that that split second decision had to be made. And, you know, if I would have made the different decision I did, the outcome could have been completely different, Certainly. you know, and more tragic. And so, that's that's a huge thing is the is kind of the scrutiny thing but in general just the technology is, is like we mentioned kind of earlier there the technology has really changed things and a lot of it's for the better uh, makes the job a lot easier for the most part getting stuff done quicker and easier yeah. but um, i'm not gonna let you ease up on that answer i'm pushing for a little bit wild situation <laughs> okay what you know and and again we don't want to disclose any confidentiality or hurt anybody but wild situations that you had to face and hopefully there weren't too many wow well um you know i tell you in in my career it's always they kind of say that you know i've got nine lives um i've been hit by a car twice (laughs) um i had a lady try to pull a shotgun on me one night Okay. Uh, you know, uh, it's, it's so, you know, uh, little things like that um, are, are, are kind of wild. Um, but, um, you know, I mean, the situations that where, say, a person's like tripping out on drugs, uh, that those are those get crazy. I remember one night a guy was on top of a porch roof there on Franklin Avenue and I think it's bath salt is what they they said, which is a form of a drug type thing, not the bath salt you put in your tub. That's what they call it. But but anyhow, he uh, he was really was called tripping out, and he was just screaming, yelling, flopping all over the top of the roof. And how he never fell off that roof, I don't know. But uh, he he didn't. He was he was screaming, and, and he'd be hollering, "I've been shot! I've been shot!" And and he wasn't shot, you know. He just bounced around. One of our uh, who's a retired officer, officer now too. He was a bigger guy, and he was up by the window of the bedroom, right near the roof. And the guy got too close to him, and he reached out, oops, reached out, and jerked him into the <laughs> into the bedroom and got him off the porch roof. But uh, that was that was that pretty, one turned out okay. It turned out, yeah, it turned out okay. But For, it definitely was in a, terms of safety. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know, we've had, you know, we've had them where they've get they've gotten drunk and have. Uh, you know, and unfortunately, the outcomes have been, you know, uh, in a bad situation there. You know, where they um, overdose on 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 something. You know, and you know those are those are rough situations. You know, I have only on a couple of occasions met someone who was under the influence um, 
Now, I don't think it was alcohol. I think it was something weirder. Mm-hmm. And it's it's very frustrating to try to communicate. It, it is, you know. And, you know, when I arrest, we would arrest somebody for, like, intox and they were really out of it, you know, they're not always the most pleasant people sometimes either. And, you know, and I, yeah, yeah. But, but you know what? I never, I never took offense, really, uh, when, when people would, would holler and call me names or do this. That. I never tried to let it offend me or, or took personal to, because it, it was either the drug or the alcohol or. It's, they aren't themselves. Exactly. And, you know, I figured as long as I'm doing my job and I right. feel like I'm doing it, you know, and that's all I can, that's all I can do. And so. Well, um, do you miss the gig? You know, there's parts of it I do miss. Uh, it, it's, I don't miss the aggravations and, and stuff that go along with the job, but I, I do miss some of the excitement. Um, you know, I used to joke because when I was younger, you give me a, you know, give me a good bar fight, you know, <laughs> and I was young, you know, I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I want to get there, you know, and uh, there's, there's <laughs> one place in town that I hear about that I refuse to go, <laughs> and I won't name it, but right. mercy, uh, from what I hear, well, anyway, we've had some places, we had one, I won't mention the place either, we had one particular place in town years ago that uh, I remember we got a call of a bar fight down there, and they had cue sticks being, oh, <laughs> being yeah. used and, yeah. and all and so uh you know uh some of the excitement stuff i do miss part of that but um for the most part you know the older i get the harder it is to to get out there and do uh what i consider a young man's thing i used to chase guys down too you know if i'd see someone run from me i you know i'd jump out and take off chasing them and now it's like, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, um, so, you know, w- w- you're still doing the D.A.R.E. educational component. But as far as, you know, routine uh, uh, police work uh, or having a regular shift or anything, that's that's kind of in your retirement past. Yeah, now, that's, that's gone. What do you do to pass your time now? Well, you know, pandemic's hurt me a lot on that, but but no, for the most part, I tell you, I uh, I coach middle school cross country, so right now, um, you know, we have uh, cross country going on. So you know, this afternoon, I'll meet the kids at about three o'clock, and you know, we'll have practice this this afternoon, and we have a meet tomorrow. So that's that's been fun. Uh, I coach uh, high school baseball at Athens. I've been doing that a number of years, and so mainly folks with junior varsity. And so that's been uh, keeping me busy up there also. Uh, spare time, I, I'm a, I'm a research guy. I love doing family research, and that kind of got me into— Oh, ancestry stuff? Yeah, ancestry stuff, yep. Huh. Yep, yeah, I love, I love doing ancestral research and, and all. And that got me into cemeteries, and so uh, I— I love going to cemeteries. I love going into cemeteries and just looking around and, you know, taking pictures and, and different, you know, so trying to find old cemeteries that, uh, you know, I took, uh, I took, uh, one of these DNA tests Yeah. where you basically spit in a tube Yep. and send it off to a lab. Well, uh, you know, they're, they've got me pegged to Wales and Ireland and all this stuff fascinating yeah it's it is it's real fascinating and things and you know to 
it connects you with other relatives too sometimes like through ancestor.com you know you get a little you know a little thing going on there so it's kind of it's kind of fun i i've enjoyed it and sometimes you find you're related to people that you don't maybe wish you was related to but <laughs> well you mentioned the pandemic you know for almost two years now we've been dealing with this um there's um some discouraging news in the last few days, mm. a little bit that's encouraging. Um, but um, uh, I keep daily stats. I have over 60,000 sets of data. Wow. Uh, because I started doing this early on. And um, normally I give a report, but I didn't bring it in this morning because you and I were doing this. Um, what, what's your impression? You know, I, I don't know what to think. Um, you know, when it first hit, you know, and it shut us all down, you know, I thought, wow, you know, what's going on? And now, and the thing is, there's so many discrepancies out there as far as when you go from one place to the next place. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, just in like in sports, when we go from, you know, from one location to the next, just the restrictions at one school is totally different where another school won't have anything, you know? And, and so the inconsistency across the board is very difficult to, to know what's going on. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, you know, I'm ready for it to be over as everybody is. Uh, I, you know, I try to be cautious. I try to be respectful to people, uh, you know, when it comes to like mask wearing and stuff like that. But, you know, um, I'm ready for it to be behind me. You know, I, I did all my stuff last year online. Uh, that was difficult as even the teachers will attest to. It's very difficult to do that. This year, uh, I've been cleared to be able to teach in person once we can get this stuff out of the way where I can be in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it. I don't know. I just hope it goes away soon, but I'm not sure it will. Is there a program that uh, other communities offer that Athens uh, doesn't yet or hasn't yet and that you think would be cool? Oh, you know, there are many different programs out there. And, gosh, I wish there was one particular one out there that I know that I hear some school districts have gone to. And, unfortunately, on the top of my head, I cannot think of what that is. The pro- name of it? Yeah, I cannot yeah. think of the name of it right now. But, you know, I've never been a person to say, like, the D.A.R.E. program is, you know, like, oh, this is the ultimate. No, it, it, it's a tool. It, it's a, it, it gives kids information, and you can't. You can't expect a kid to learn information in sixth grade or whatever and remember everything, you know, that as they go through their life. And uh, and I know I've been, you know, the program gets criticized for that a lot of times because they say, well, look at this kid, you know, he's a he's a high schooler now and, you know, he had dared in sixth grade. And, well, unless there's reinforced information, it's like math. You know, when you learn math in sixth grade, you may not remember all your formulas all the way through, you know, unless it's reinforced and you use it on a regular basis. And and so a lot of that you don't remember um, as you go through. So it, it's it's very difficult. But there are a lot of programs out there and a lot of good programs that would be beneficial. I, th- um, I think back uh, the football coach at Worthington, the head coach was Ralph Sabach. 
Ralph went on to teach at Penn State. I'm sorry, to coach at Penn State. But, um, you know, he was a football coach at Athen- at uh, Worthington High School. I had a, a math series of courses, and I needed a refresher. They just didn't, hadn't sunk it in well enough. And I remember Coach Sabach teaching that course. It was one of the best courses I have ever taken, and it hammered home all the basics. Right. Boy, that was important. Right. Well, and that's what's important, too, is, is the fact that there was that person that, that taught you that information that stuck with you. And, and I think that's a lot of it, too, is even if you don't remember the information as much, hopefully they remember the person who taught them the information and yeah. know that there's a friend, that there's a person they can go to if they need a question. And, you know, I've always tried to tell the kids that, you know, I said, you know, if there's anything I could ever try to do to help you or whatever, I don't have all the answers. I can't answer all or help you with everything, but, you know, I'd be willing to try. And so, you know, that's the that's the important thing there, I think. Any, uh, we got a minute and a half, basically. Anything um, that you wish you could have done that you haven't yet had a chance to? In my life? <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? Why not? Ah, uh, you know. What's, what? Are you married? No, I'm not married. Okay. No. Um, um, do you, um, is that but, a goal in your life? Well, you know, it, it is, always has been. Okay. But, uh, you know, I always say, uh, you know, I, I've not found one who'll take me yet. What's your favorite <laughs> hobby? Is it horses? So it... well, I, you know, I love to golf. I love to travel. Um, I go, you know, I travel overseas quite a bit. Now the pandemic shut me down from that. Uh, I've been traveling to Romania for a number of years. Romania, to, yeah, oh, that is cool. To children's uh, camp over there. I got a lot of friends over in Romania now. I still keep in contact with them, and uh, and so it's a great story. Yeah, so it's it's that's been a fun fun opportunity. I've done that many years now uh i've been going traveling to romania and handling those situations and stuff and and also i i, I love that kind of stuff and just like i said research uh, i'm gonna history stuff i've been reading uh history i just read a book on lincoln's assassination here the other day uh and so i you know anything like that i just enjoy that kind of stuff well rick uh keep up the good work i know that uh, you may be retired as a officer but you're still working at the dare program and uh, just know how much i think our community needs and appreciates it all right well i appreciate that thank you and i appreciate you having me on this morning and uh anytime you need to come in and share a word about that topic or any other you're always welcome well, i appreciate it thank you sir all right scott what do we do we have a regular show tomorrow right yes okay We're out of time, folks. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. President Biden is getting ready to travel to storm-ravaged parts of New York and New Jersey, where Anthony Kemple's family's home was shredded by the remnants of Hurricane Ida. The kids' toys is the most heartbreaking, you know, because they really don't understand the magnitude of what happened. Governor Phil Murphy. It's homes, it's small businesses, it's infrastructure, in some cases schools, and sadly, 
27 losses of life. Mr. Biden will visit New York City, where at least 13 people died, most all of them in illegal basement apartments in Queens. Secretary of State Antony Blinken is in Doha, Qatar, where he says the U.S. is working with the Taliban to get more flights out of Afghanistan. I don't know exactly what's going on. They are saying the U.S. is discussing with the Taliban and they will allow you tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Women in particular say they're fearful of living under Taliban rule. Correspondent Cammy McCormick is at the Pentagon. Blinken met with a group of young women who were part of a robotics team. They expressed concern about the coaches and teachers they left behind. They're all scared. They don't know what's going to happen in the future of Afghanistan. Blinken acknowledged there are a lot of unknowns. This is a, a really difficult moment. There's so much change happening. I can't tell you where, where everything is going to land. But he said the international community is now focused on holding the Taliban to their commitments to allow people to travel freely and uphold basic rights. Lincoln says the Taliban has assured about 100 Americans who still want to leave the country will be allowed safe passage out. As the 20th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks approaches, five suspects in the hijackings will be in military court today in Guantanamo Bay. Correspondent Catherine Herridge. These delays have gone on for so long that I know some 9-11 family members who have traveled to to Guantanamo to see the defendants in court and have since died, never seeing justice in their lifetime. It's been a year and a half since the last military court hearing. Police in Colorado are looking into the death of a six-year-old girl on a ride at an adventure park. KCNC-TV's Kelly Worthman. Agonizing screams are heard in witness video taken from just above the haunted mine drop in Glenwood Springs Sunday night. The painful sounds are believed to be from relatives of a six-year-old girl who died while on the amusement park ride moments earlier. Glenwood Cavern's Adventure Park is closed pending the outcome of that investigation.